Ladies and gentlemen, episode seven is here of Wrestling Plug Inc. presents The Plug. As always, I am joined by my good buddy Kyle. And today we have a special guest in the house, throwback of the Wicked Crazy Pinfalls podcast is with us. How the hell are you guys? What's good? Doing great, John. Doing great as always. Feeling better. I'm in a better mood than Ali, and, and I'm feeling better than Ricochet probably oh. does today. So try saying my show name <laughs> as a tongue twister 10 times fast. Oh, as, as soon as, as, yeah, as soon as he said it, I'm like, oh, that's, uh, that was pretty good. I, I Full know. disclosure, I spent all day saying your podcast in my head. So I didn't <laughs> screw it up when we got here because I was like, wicked, cra- crazy, don't screw up the open. You know, I was just like, don't screw the open up. We got a special guest today. Throwbacks in the house. It's professional. So throw back at the beginning of every show. <laughs> so I usually throw it to Kyle and I say, hey, man, we had a crazy week of wrestling. What do you want to talk about? But since you are the guest and you showed up on time today, <laughs> oof, oof. I'm going to let you. What do you want to start off with in the past week of wrestling? I know we had payback. We had, you know, a Monday Night Raw was, I thought, actually pretty solid this past Monday. And NXT had the 60-minute Ironman match. Where do you want to go? NXT. That's, for me, is like the bread and butter for the most part. Now, for me, NXT is the, if you had to pick all three brands for WWE, NXT is the A-show. And that a lot of people are like, ooh, why are you going to say that? I'm like, the talent's good. The storylines are good. Yeah, they're starting to become more main roster. But the base is still there. And... A lot of the stuff you see now that after TakeOver 30, if Cross, it, Ciampa and Cross would have been great if he didn't get injured. Um, yeah. You know, they are moving it up more and more compared to where it is in 15. Now with this, the narrative has changed after what will happen Tuesday. And that Iron Man match was amazing, but that street fight was even better. Mm. Kyle, I sound like I think you and Throwback are gonna go on great. Kyle is a huge NXT guy. Big yeah, time. I I think they put on uh by the way, I was a little late today, but but let's just say that Roman Reigns showed up late and won the uh the championship. Uh so I think I'm on the right track here. I, I you should look up what Pissa means in Boston lingo and then you'll understand what that is. <laughs> unless you got your veneers if unless you got your veneers on Kyle I don't want to hear it uh yeah not yet not yet maybe when I get that Roman Reigns check and that that time off maybe I'll uh, go and get the veneers but yeah I you know NXT continues to put on the best wrestling shows I think in the world um and and that being said I do think this past and we talked about it last week this past takeover was was one of my least favorites which is saying a lot because it was still really great but man this uh this iron man match was was everything you really expected it's it's four of the best wrestlers in the world in the ring at the same time which i think is very rare um and yeah you were right that street fight was also really great but uh i'm excited i i think most people probably thought it would come down to to uh, Finn and and Adam Cole, uh, which I think is the best option right now, and that'll be a lot of fun. I thought it was Champa. 
I'm going to be very blunt. I thought they were going to throw it on Champa for a while just because of the fact that when Cross gets back, because I think that shoulder injury, the way it is, and the way they described it is that it's where the collarbone and the shoulder meet. It's the joint right there. It's not completely out of the socket. So something mm-hmm. like that for recovery is probably about uh, four to five months, I believe. Don't quote me on that. But I think that if they were smart, they would get the belt to Champa and just build him and Cross up and have Cross come out and say, you're just a placeholder. I am the real champ kind of idea. And that would have been it. But for this, I mean, Finn has won, what, 18 now takeovers? Right? Didn't they say that a takeover 30? I think it's, he's got yeah, the record or something like that. And he, he wins. Far away, yeah. And this would actually eliminate the dream match everybody's been saying. Who is the best? If you had to answer this question, guys, who do you think is the best NXT champion of all time? Since 20. I think the exception of the title was 2014 with Seth. Right. Well, I put that to a vote on the Wrestling Plug Geek Facebook page, and the winner by a landslide was Adam Cole. He won the bracket. I bracketed out all 16 champions, and he won by a landslide. So for me personally, I think I would lean Ciampa just because that dude was getting heat that I have never seen before. Yeah. But if we're talking in terms of just putting on stellar matches every time you step to the ring, it's got to be Adam Cole. I, it's hard to argue with Cole. I'm, I'm a little biased on this. I think Finn, it Finn's the best of all time, and and it's just for the aesthetic move, how elegant the storylines he goes into and out is woven in in the NXT when he was champion, the matches he had with Joe, uh, I, and living where I live, that match that he lost for the NXT lost the title to Joe, literally is. 10 blocks away from my house. Oh, wow. And literally, I, I couldn't even go to that show. I was working. Uh, and I had friends go, and I heard about it before it ever released out. But the matches with Joe, the matches with Owens, you know, in Tokyo. When's the last time you could say Adam Cole had an NXT match pre-COVID outside of the United States, and it made a, it made a huge impact? on a whole country. That's true. That's, that's true. fair. I, I think, and maybe that's a good, you know, I, at times the WWE has their ear to social media, and I'm not saying that they set this match up because of the question. And if you're listening, hi. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. We give lots of great storylines. We are very good with creative uh, we would just like a, a fraction of a paycheck for that. If you are listening, <laughs> Paul, we'll Paul. do we'll do we'll do the job for half half what they're paying Pritchard. I'll tell you that right now. <laughs> Absolutely, and easy. Not much of a headache, uh, but I think <laughs> I think really this match is is a fair way to decide, and maybe they will end up setting it up this way. I think it kind of looks that way. Who is the best? NXT champion of all time, which is crazy that we are able to have that conversation with a a show that's pretty new, a brand that is that is fairly new, but it f- still feels right to say of all time who's the best 
uh, and it, I think it comes down to these two. Absolutely. It's, and it's a coin toss for me. Um, I would have said either Adam or Finn, and I, it's hard to choose between those two. I, I can I think Finn is going to win. I do. I too. think Finn. He has to win. It's going to solidify Finn in a different way. I mean, the mm-hmm. one title, if you had to look at his run from start to end from NXT main roster and back, the one major title he won was the inaugural title, which was the universal title. And no one's ever going to take that away from him. But if he uses the Prince character to to just get to the reach and out bounds of everything else, the sky's the limit. But after he wins, let's say Tuesday, you know, let him go with the title for being a two-time champion. And then when Cross gets back, you know, him and Ciampa can actually start that and Finn can go after the uh-huh. North American title like he wanted. But I can see the sky's the limit with Finn. It literally, if you they're going back and forth with especially with the draft hovering over everybody, that's gonna be an interesting thing too. Yeah, with Finn, my question to you guys would be just simply, is this a must win for him in terms of his this this NXT run? We know that he's like an NXT legend from his first run, but this run he was brought back with such high hopes and like all this buzz around it. And really, if you look at his body of work in this run with no titles, it's not what I expected. So do you guys think he has to win this one to solidify this run? I would say he does have to win here. Um, Because when you send somebody back down and, and it's, I, it's we it's still weird saying back down to NXT and maybe that's the wrong choice of words but in a sense you're you're going back down to NXT and and you have the reputation that Finn does i i half expected him to just run through the roster almost or or uh have this monster run and so i think he absolutely needs some sort of championship under his belt once more um i don't know what the long-term plan is for Finn if he stays in NXT or if, or if he eventually, you know, as we, as you just said, um, you mentioned the draft, if he, if the plan is to bring him back up or, you know, maybe there's also a plan as far as survivor series this year. I think it's, we're getting close enough to where we can kind of start to think about how that could possibly shape out and how NXT will play into that. Um, but yeah, I think, I think Finn needs a big win here. Um, going into the end of, of 2020. I think personally, just seeing the way things are with Finn, it's a yes and no answer. And everybody's going to be like, well, that's a cop out. No, let, no, let me put it this way. Finn coming, going to NXT, if he wins the title, does it validate this run? Yes. But think of it this way. How bad was the IC swapping around titles with Finn in there? Mm. It's horrendous, right? Mm-hmm. Finn doesn't need the title for NXT to validate this run. He needs the title to validate the fact that they made a mistake when they were giving him a title other than NXT titles. He only had the Universal right. title for a day. They gave him the IC title and they played hot potato with it and they never really gave him a full six, seven-month run like they did with The Miz and stuff like that. So 
He needs it just to validate that their choice of not keeping one title on them is wrong. And for the run, he really doesn't need it. Now, Cole, I honestly think he doesn't need it either at this point. And there's your pickle right there. So who do you think deserves a shot at it? Well, he's up in the main roster right now. Cross is on the shelf. And it goes back to, like I said, it trickles down to one person who came back and who's adamant saying he is not going to the main roster. And that is Ciampa. So oh. will they, we'll, we'll find out Tuesday whether they made the right move or not. I think you, I think they're in a great spot. I mean, either way you look at it, you're the face of NXT is going to be Adam Cole or Finn Balor. I mean, <laughs> you don't get that on the main roster where it's like, Oh, you know, People complain about, oh, it's this guy or this guy. But in NXT, we're like, hey, either one's a slam dunk decision. And I know they're in that transitional kind of period right now with, like you said, Lee moving up, Cross being hurt. I think they, whoever they put it on, I mean, he needs to have a, a decent run with, and because they are hot potatoing it a little bit right now, just due to injury, it's not their fault. Uh-huh. I like I said, I have a feeling the way they're setting it up. And I- this is just a hunch. Hunches don't really pan out. Did you guys notice, because this will get back to what we're talking about now, how they're setting up Bronson Reed right now? To be like a monster, just a badass, yeah. They're setting him yeah. up long-term to be either North American or NXT champion. Now, they seem like they're extremely high on him just by his performance from – and it take over 30, the qualifying match, this match he had uh, this past Wednesday with Thatcher, even though he lost to Thatcher, it's still, you know, usually Thatcher literally beats the crap out of him. These guys went toe to toe. I, I have a yeah. feeling eventually they will have Reed having a belt at some point. Now the NXT belt, maybe I don't see that anytime soon, maybe next year when you bring some people up, but I mean, if Finn or Cole have that title belt and they're so high on Reed at that point, like I say on my show, big boy, very, very big boy is going to be NXT very, very big champion. Mm. Yeah. And, and I, I found it interesting. um, Wade Barrett compared him to Mark Henry uh, which is is high praise. That's high praise. Yeah, high praise. Um, and I think when you, that's a good sign when when a guy comes out and the announcers are, are immediately putting, painting the picture of him uh, in this on another pedestal, and they are they are pushing him um, as soon as he comes out. I think that's a fair way to tell. Oh, they're 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 really going to push this guy. The, the same thing they did with Beth on TakeOver 30. Did you hear the line? She said uh, the Beast from the East would be very proud. Yes. Yeah, it's yes. the same thing. So I wouldn't be surprised mm-hmm. if you see him with with uh, Survivor Series that he'd be on that Survivor Series team. Yeah, that makes sense. Absolutely. Um, and I'm, man, what a good look. And they you know, he had a little bit of pyro as well. And I, and that's always, for me, that's always a sign what level the, the company sees you on where creatives, if they're willing to give you pyro, they see you on a different level. 
if they're willing to blow a couple hundred bucks <laughs> on some on some steam. But in NXT, that's a that's a lot of pyro. Yeah, at full you sale, know. that's a big deal. Yeah, for sure. Mm-hmm. Well, we talked a little NXT. Kyle, what did you? What stood out to you this week in the world of wrestling? Uh, Outside, you know, we had a lot going on. Like I said, Reigns is the Universal Champion. Payback was this past week. Yeah, I, uh, I, I, for the first time, maybe since the the original run of the Shield, I don't, I don't hate Roman Reigns, and and that's a shocker. It is well, and I'm 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 very I'm kind of the corner of positivity. I'm I'm absolutely the power of positivity on yeah. the show. Throwback, if you're not familiar with the show, Kyle is power of positivity guy, and I tend to skew more negative. Yes. Um, yes. So for him to say that he's digging this Roman Reigns thing is a big is a big deal for him, I guess. But for me, I'm loving it too, which is weird because again, it's Roman Reigns, and we're so conditioned to boo that guy. Yeah. But now we're booing it, but we like it. For me. Because look at that. Look at that. I mean, it is, it's, it's absolutely a classic heel move. I mean, we waited, we waited almost the whole match until Roman decided, number one, decided to come out. And number two, waited to sign the contract till he was right there with Paul Heyman and then came out and and won the match so so we're getting we're fine and i just hope those wwe fans that shit on everything i hope that they're willing to see hey this is this is what you've wanted just because he's taking it from somebody that you like you you this is uh, this is what you wanted and it's right now it's pretty graceful this is pretty much the john cena heel turn we never got you have top guy in the company actually turning heel and shocked. This is almost like his cousin when he turned. Yeah. Like it was a huge mm-hmm. paradigm shift. All of a sudden, you know, rock went his face after a while for a certain point and it just turned Hollywood rock. Mm-hmm. And everybody still loves him now. So the way I, yeah, absolutely. When I equate to this is this there's different, and this is a comic term, obviously, and I've said this and it's been quoted numerous places um and the way i see it is as a dc character there's always different modifications of batman different modifications of the joker harley quinn etc etc sure roman is wwe's batman well you need a joker the fiend's the joker and now you throw alexa into the mix Obviously, she came out as Harley Quinn, and now she's going back into that aspect of it in her character psyche. It, uh-huh. the, what I feel bad for, and it just seems so sad, where do you put Braun after this? Like, it, I, it, the guy, if you saw the documentary, he was told he was never going to be in the immediate future a champion like a, a top tier champion it's been documented on the wwe network on the documentary they did with them um they kind of broke kayfabe in that too even though kayfabe's dead they broke he said his real name said adam and all that but he was told by vince that he was not going to be universal champion and, and then things obviously changed but what are you going to do with him because my 
as much as he plays a monster on screen, you kind of have to have your heart broken for the dude who worked his ass off during this time period. And then Roman decides to come back and then all of a sudden, oops, sorry, no, we're going to take the belt off the hit you, put it on the fiend and then trade it off to Roman. It's like, it's literally, I think just, you, you know, you move him to raw. I don't know if you can repackage him like a full-blown repackage, but there's a lot you can do with Braun Strowman. I like Braun Strowman. I think he works as a face or as a heel, however you want to present it. There's a place for him. I don't know where not. Like you said, I don't know where he goes. I didn't know where he was going to go after the swamp fight, to be honest with you. And then yeah. I think for just the time being, maybe you run it back with Roman one time. Maybe Braun decides, you know, they could ride him into Raw. McIntyre, a Strowman match isn't the worst idea in the world. Yeah. No, that would work. I think I think you either move him to Raw and uh, a completely fresh start, maybe a fresh look, uh, or I think there's a slight possibility. And before, I would have thought that this was this would ruin the entire character, but I think I think now it could make sense where we see a faction with the Fiend, where where obviously the Alexa Bliss and, and Fiend story isn't over, and Braun was absolutely a part of that. Now, I think the reason why we didn't see any of that at SummerSlam is because they didn't want that that storyline of, of, of Bliss and the Fiend to overpower or overshadow Braun and the Fiend. So, now it, I think that there is a, a possibility, and it could work where we see those three together and that way, that it would make sense for them to move away from Roman, all the three of them all together, move away from the Universal Championship, uh, and do their own thing elsewhere. But but have that group where you you can have Monster Braun again, and you can maybe have a Sister Abigail finally. Even though um, numerous occasions Bray Wyatt himself has said there's no reason for it, but I think uh, man, if they're not. Uh, what else do you do with Alexa with the fiend other than make her a, a Harley slash uh, sister Abigail kind of character? It, it's an idea that I had was, and I was going to put this out in Twitter to see what the eight people thought. Um, why not do this? Why not throw Braun back to NXT as the monster? And then when we were just talking about cross a minute ago, why not have him and Scarlet? Because the whole aspect of that character with him is that Doomsday is coming. You got a monster mm. just sitting there doing nothing. Why not put him down in NXT with Scarlet? And then when Cross gets back, there you go. You've got the Doomsday cult. You've got the monster. The Interesting. You know, you've got the monster sitting and Just there. the visual of... Braun Strowman next to like Adam Cole if he were to win the title, it, you know, yeah. and, uh, Cole beating Braun Strowman would be a big deal because you know that's a very big size discrepancy. Yeah, and on that note as well, uh, previous or, or just prior to the start Man match, they showed the tail of the tape, and I noticed that I believe Adam Cole is is six foot. Everybody else, the other three guys are all 5'10 or 5'11, 
And when you put them in the ring with pretty much everybody else other than maybe Damian Priest, um, NXT guys are, are relatively the same. Um, so to put Strowman in, in that ring, true, true he can kind of go toe-to-toe with, with Drew McIntyre or, or Roman Reigns or Brock Lesnar and still look overpowering, but, but he's not like standing next to a Daniel Bryan or, a, again, a Finn Balor or uh, you know, a Daniel Burke, somebody like that. Um, I, I literally can't shake the, head out of my, the image out of my head of Braun standing behind Carrying uh, Cross. And then Scarlet right in front of them, and literally just the whole thing of the whole doomsday aspect, of, and them being like a doomsday cult. You've got the monster, the destruct, the destroyer, and the person who's just tailing them along. It that would be interesting, to uh-huh. just be for the aspect of you know Braun literally wanting to find out how much destruction he has, and then they're saying doomsday's coming. You know, if they reveal who oh, Doomsday yeah. was and it's Braun, I mean, come on now. Wouldn't you be excited for Braun being in NXT? Can you just Oh, I'd be that would be that'd be a point yeah. of viewing. I would love to see how that aesthetic works. Can you see Especially that? like with the setting yeah. and the darkness and like you said with Scarlet, maybe she blows some fireballs or something. I mean think the about magical it. Cross being the NXT champion and then Braun having the United the North American title. And then eventually one has to turn on the other, and there's the second double champion in, in NXT history. I mean, it could happen. That's a good thing, though. I'm a yeah. big carrying cross supporter. Like I, I've put him over multiple times. I would be so down uh-huh. for that, and him to beat Braun Strowman would put him in the driver's seat of being the next monster. But then you run into the situation yeah. if we go that route. What do you do with Braun again? But at that point, I'm sure you'd have something figured out for him. I think he could do a lot of good with some of the NXT guys if he's willing to, uh, you know, take some losses and put some guys over. Um, to your point about, well, to the point about moving Braun onto to a another brand and maybe getting the Fiend away from Roman for a little bit. Who would you guys put into that driver's seat? to be the next guy to challenge for the universal title. I think they're doing a, they're doing a four way tomorrow night on SmackDown with uh biggie Corbin riddle. And uh, oof, I can't remember the fourth guy. I'd have to look it up real quick, but who would you guys put up against Roman next? I, I think, yeah. Yep. It, it seems to me that, that how, I mean, how long can you string this, storyline of, of pushing and, and within kayfabe pushing uh, Big E to the moon. Um, you know, something needs to happen there with that. Uh, the way I'm seeing it is, is that how long are you going to make E wait to get a different title? I mean, what I would do is, and in, like I said, this is all what ifs, cherries, and rainbows at this point, is that why not have E win the universal title at one of the pay-per-views against Roman and then right before the Rumble hits have Roman or at the Rumble have Roman win the title going into WrestleMania? I mean, 
it gives E the acknowledgement that the company appreciates what he did. I mean, it's the whole Kofi aspect of it where, you know, he works his ass off for so much time. And then you give it back to your top heel, which would be Roman. I mean, think about it. How many people, how many baby faces can you name in one hand without even having to look up on WWE's.com or the baby faces of the show? Um, I mean, Big E, I, I guess Riddle's face. Um, yeah. <laughs> the, the fourth member of that match, I looked it up, is Sheamus. Screw you, Sheamus. I'm not a Sheamus guy anymore. I like the 19. Throwback. He snubbed me. He snubbed me at Notre Dame Stadium. Uh, I tried to get a picture. Yes. I said, Sheamus, Sheamus. And he gave me a look and just kept on walking. The, and he walked. I was. I like the 19s, 20, 19, 30 look, Seamus, not the old style gear. I think if he comes back out like that, like the old prize fighting Irish boxers of the 20s and the 30s, that, yeah, I, yeah, I, I'd be uh-huh. more invested because of the fact that that looks authentic than then him just coming in as trunks looking all, you know, just the way he always has, you know. Yeah, a cartoon yeah. character. And having, like I said in in one of the chat room in Fightful's chat room the other day night, I was like, just give him somebody to talk to for him. <laughs> yeah, he. Yeah. Uh-huh. yeah, I think you're right. That look is cool. That look he had when he was in the bar fight with Jeff Hardy, and he comes out and he's in the backstage, and then he comes out and it's like you're the same guy you were before. I think he should do something different with the spiky hair. I think he, you know, just be more uh-huh. gritty with it, and then that way I'm even more believable of you as a heel. That's an interesting four that they've chosen because if you go, if you go the old reliable route with Sheamus winning tomorrow night, you know Roman gets his first victim pretty easy, can just keep that ball rolling. But then you got Biggie, you got um, Matt Riddle in there too, and those two guys most certainly could use the win. But do you want to feed uh, up-and-coming Big E to Roman right away? Because I have a feeling that they would that – that match is going to be a clash of champions in a couple weeks. And it, do you, Does that take the steam out of a Big E push or a Matt Riddle push? I, I, and you can't do Corbin or Sheamus because that's heel on heel. I, I think most likely they're going to yeah, that's stick, point. With, stick with The Fiend because they want that WrestleMania – type moment that they were originally planning for and they never got it because of COVID. And then um, I think most likely will happen is that he'll go against the Fiend at Night of Champions. He'll get closer to Survivor Series and then they pull the trigger on E winning. You know, kind of be like, hey, we appreciate you kind of thing. And like I said, it goes back on it. By the way, there's four Baby faces, I can name off the top of my head. You name two of them. You have Gable as one of them, and then um, if the Usos were to be around, well, Use. you said Riddle. You have if Brian yeah, was around, Brian would count too. But yeah, Gable I think is he's one off the top of my head. Supposed to be, yeah. Jeff yeah. Hardy, of course. Yeah, they've got a they've got a definite lack of like credible baby faces on SmackDown right now. They got a lot of good heels, but the smack the face side of things, you know, and it's just one of those, you know, we you know, you hear about it all the time. They 50-50 everybody. 
Well, Nobody can get yeah. over. They don't, and they always, and uh, you know, they always have the like Big E. Every match Big E's had, he's fought from behind. The dude's jacked. Mm-hmm. <laughs> the guy is three hundred yeah. pounds of solid muscle, and he's like struggling. You know, let him just beat some people up. Let him, <laughs> let him kick some ass and take some names. You know, like that's awesome stuff. They didn't, they didn't make Cena always fight from behind when he was on the come up of his face run. Did you see the right? Smack right. I didn't. I saw the one with Miz and Biggie. I didn't see anything else on the Talking Smack side of things. They this did, past one. They did uh, another one, and it was just as passionate as the the first one. Which I was saying, it's a shame that they are not using those promos he's doing on Talking Smack on SmackDown. Right, and that's just him um, being real uh-huh. with everybody and stuff like that. Why not just let him be who he is? Because of that, they, they probably because <laughs> say for another Miz moment with with you know that that Miz had with Daniel Bryan a couple of years ago. Um, I would assume, you know, I mean, because because who's talking about talking smack lately? Um, so maybe they just wanted to try to to bring eyes back to that because I mean. That Miz promo of the past decade is is for sure up there with one of the best that we've seen. So maybe they wanted that, or maybe talking smack, you just have a little bit more leeway with what you're able to to say. I think so. Well, I think they're using talking smack in the in a raw talk. They're bringing it back. I think they're letting they want to see what some of these people can do. I mean, I don't know if you guys watch like total divas for instance or like Miz and maurice and stuff like that but a lot of these guys a lot of these guys and gals have like awesome personalities and they do things outside of what the wwe puts them in that box to do and i think they're starting to realize yeah. especially with aew which we'll get into here in a few minutes because all outs this weekend their aew is letting people be themselves and do their own thing and see if it works and i think the wwe is realizing we can't put somebody, we can't make somebody a comedic character if they're not funny. We can't make somebody a heel if they're a face. We need to let them be themselves. So let's see what they can do. And a perfect way to do that is talking smack where you don't have 2 million people watching it, but you still can get some camera time and some shine and get some feedback from people like us. Yeah, that makes more sense. But still, it, they should allow him to be able to say what he wants all, all the time. Because the stuff oh. he, he says is awesome. Yeah, he's earned it, and he always finds a way to to straddle that line. And I think I think it was I was listening to Fightful a while back, and it might have been one of them said something along the lines of Biggie knows he's not getting fired. They're not going to let one of the biggest stars in the company go. So he can say some things that maybe some others can't. Pretty much. Who's eating over there? Is that you, Kyle? <laughs> On the technical difficulties part of the show? Yeah. I, <laughs> that's I, I was going to say we're, we're 48 minutes, in, 40, well, 38 yeah. minutes in and haven't had one issue yet. So it was, we were doing yeah, throw Throwback this podcast always has something, man. <laughs> <laughs> 
Well, that's a perfect segue. I know we talked a lot. We'll touch more on some stuff at the end. But why? while we're here and I've got both of you guys all out is this weekend, mm-hmm. AEW's flagship I would say it's their flagship pay-per-view. This is the big one. This is the, I know double or nothing is huge, but I think all out is the one because it, this is what started it all with all in. Um, it's quite a card. I wouldn't say it's the greatest card in terms of all out, but they're doing what they can with what they've got for COVID. They've got some good storylines. Uh, I read something where AEW has done within one calendar year a hundred gimmick matches in a whole year. That's insane. Hundred gimmick matches, and they don't have as much programming as WWE. I'd have to go back and look, but yeah, I guess you could say that they have if you consider ladder matches and you consider most matches. Uh, Four is you know like a four on four most matches. Yeah, we'll talk about that here in a um, second. You know the four on fours, I guess, would be considered a gimmick match. Um, yeah, that for somebody, you know, I read somewhere earlier today that they were saying along the lines of, uh, you know, they wanted an alternative from all the WWE gimmick matches, and they're dropping a mimosa match at us. I was just gonna say, yeah. Of course, of course you work, Kyle, because you're not an AEW guy. I, I don't care what you well, say. Well, I, I now that's hold on. I'm, it's not that I'm not an AEW guy. I I love what I see, and it's it's incredible wrestling. There's no denying that. Um, I that's but you hit the nail on the head on the problem that I have with with AEW when they talk about WWE and and AEW fans when they talk about WWE is. They end up, and I've said it all along, I'm like, just give AEW time. They will end up doing a lot of the same things that WWE does, and we're, we're slowly starting to see a few of those things. When AEW started, it was supposed to be, the way they put it out there, almost exclusively sports-centric, and, and wins and losses matter, which they do, absolutely, and you're not going to see this silly shit. I'm also, but that being said, I'm here for it. I think Orange Cassidy is one of the best characters in pro wrestling today. And I honestly, probably of the last decade at least, uh, I think Orange Cassidy is incredible. And Jericho probably belongs on, on a Rushmore course. I, I mean, just his body of work, I think you have to consider him. So I'm really excited, but that's, those are the issues I have with AEW. That's his. That's his negative rant of the day. <laughs> Throwback. We get one. Yeah, that's the one for sure. I, I don't watch much of AEW. Like uh, I work extremely crazy hours as it is, and then doing the show I have and stuff. So a lot of the stuff is WWE centered because, well, you know, I can a lot of times watch it on the go and stuff. Yeah, and I know I should be watching more AEW and stuff, but that's why I have people come on and talk about it. But seeing the card, <laughs> the one thing that made me laugh is the most of match. I'm like, what the hell is this? Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Is this, a, well, is this gonna... another Ambrose Asylum match where like there's animate objects hanging everywhere? What's Thank next? You. There's gonna be a champagne bottle hanging from a tw- a pole with oranges all around. Thank you. That's exactly, yeah. 
Well, I know you said you don't watch a lot of AEW and you know what you know and you do the WWE side of things, but that doesn't mean on this podcast we're not going to put your feet to the fire and make you make some picks. No. Now, which might work out well for you because, you know, with March Madness, it's always the person that knows nothing about the tournament, right, that wins it all. So maybe not watching it as closely as I have or Kyle has or whoever, you might just get all these right, and I might end up going over here. Mm-hmm. I think Cassidy wins the Mimosa match, by the way. I hope so. It, 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 it has to if Mimosa's made with oranges. <laughs> but Mimosa's also made with a little bit of the bubbly. That's true. Uh, <laughs> I, I think Cassidy needs a big win, and I also think that Jericho's willing to put people over, and he's at that point in his career where, I mean, we're, we're looking at three to five years maybe I think left on, on Jericho at this level. And I don't think that Jericho will wrestle outside of being the level that he's at right now. Um, but I think, I think, I think Cassidy needs a, a huge win because I think that'll put him on another, uh, another pedestal. And we can see what he does when he seriously gets in there and wrestles and he's incredible. Um, so I hope Cassidy wins. I'm gonna say this. I think so we're all in agreement on a limb for somebody. Jericho is the Ozzy Osbourne of wrestling. <laughs> <laughs> he would love that. Just will never stop. He'll never, you all, never stop. But you're all fucking mad, and then all of a sudden he puts him in the walls of Jericho. Yep, yep. And then <laughs> I think we're. <laughs> I think he would love that comparison because he is, like you said, he's never gonna stop. I think we're all in agreement, though. I think Cassidy getting the win here at All Out, and Jericho knows that there's money to be made with Orange Cassidy. Yeah. So him taking an L there is um, probably the way to go. Now, I don't have all the participants for the 21-man Casino Battle Royal in front of me, but I do know based on watching on Wednesday, Archer's involved. I believe uh, – Jesus, I already lost his name. <laughs> Taz's guys, Ricky Starks, Brian Cage, basically all of the usual suspects. I think yes. Darby Allen will be there. I think the surprise Who do you guys, would be Ruth. The, the winner gets an AEW title shot. And yeah, you're right. They do have 21 spots, and the last spot is a wild card spot. Last year it was Adam Page. I wouldn't be surprised if it's Rusev that pops yeah. in. Yep. Because a lot of people are saying as a rumor, I mean, who else is out there that's as big as name as Rusev is right now? Uh, I'd go ahead and say Brock Lesnar. Yeah, but do you really <laughs> think AEW could afford Brock right now? Do I you mean... really think he's going to want to come all the way down from the border of Minnesota right between the Canada line and United States line and come all the way down to Florida again. I think if the if think if the price is right, yeah, yeah. If Tony Khan yeah. opens up that checkbook and just says, "Hey, man, here's a cool seven figures to show up for two minutes." Yep. I think more I likely think with Lesnar, he's going to go to go back to UFC for another run, and then maybe one last WWE run, and that's it. Then he's done. I, I feel that like dude, ship, that feel dude like knows how to make money yeah. without doing anything. Yeah. I don't know. I feel like maybe the ship has sailed a bit on the UFC run. Um, I think if he was going to have it, we would have seen it with that 
with that Cormier uh, face to face and, and, you know, nothing came of that. And that was what, was that over a year ago now? I believe uh, a couple of years back. Yeah. Yeah. A couple of years. I feel like maybe, but most likely I, I can't imagine that he doesn't resign with WWE, um, you know, for one more year or two, but uh, I don't know if the money's right. And he knows, like you said, John, I mean, the guy knows how to sell, tickets even though tickets aren't being sold right now he knows how to uh break a box office so i it maybe it's possible but i rusev probably makes the most sense all right well let's move on from there i think we're all in agreement yeah rusev would be the the man to come out and surprise the world uh, pre-show, you got Britt Baker versus Big Swole in a tooth and nail match. And I read earlier today that this is going to be a cinematic style match in Britt Baker's office. <laughs> I, first of all, I'm, I'm already upset that they put this on the pre-show because this is one of their most run, longest running storylines. And it, if you're going to go cinematic, why go pre-show? Mm-hmm. I don't know what tooth and nail means. I don't I don't know if that means Rip Baker's ripping a tooth out or Big Swole stabbing her with a nail. I'm not sure. This is a counter programming for an eye for an eye if I ever heard it. Yeah. 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 <laughs> Absolutely. They couldn't go for an eye for an eye because somebody already took it. So like tooth and nail. Uh-huh. Fight over tooth and nail. <laughs> What's the next analogy? You're going to heaven and hell. Next thing you know, the person who's the top guy goes against the one who's the lowest guy in the totem pole, and the lowest Ooh. guy wins the title. What? The, what? So that would be like that would be like Mox Moxley versus Peter Avila. Yeah, We're gonna go heaven and hell. Yeah. yeah. Uh, you know, I'd I watch. Would say I'd watch. It would be like it'd be like Finn Balor winning the NXT title going against Leon Rush. Yeah. <laughs> Poor Leon. What did Leon Ruff ever do to you? Throwback. That's a good dude. He just gets beat up all the time. <laughs> Poor guy. Yeah, I'm not sure where they go with this one. I like both of these women. I think that both of these women have big potential in a division that needs it. And I think a winner here puts them in the driver's seat for a title shot. Who are you guys taking? Britt Baker needs to win. That's yeah, I'm with you. The, they're not going to allow their golden goose to lose any teeth. <laughs> I'm right. sorry. She's a dentist. She can put it back in. So uh, the point is, is that they're she's her. They're literally their top women's at, uh, talent right now. Yeah, it, it's the yeah. equivalent of her being Becky. Mm-hmm. Even though yeah. Becky's not. So she's better than she's better than George, man. She's better than MJ, according to her. If you had to look across the company, I would love, love to see her and Deanna versus, um, uh, what? Give me Sasha and Bailey. Oh, that would be so awesome. Uh, or Jordan Grace. I just Jordan Grace and Britt. I mean, that would be awesome. I have a funny feeling eventually Britt's going to end up back after a contract's done with WWE because I think Cole signed uh, an extension. Uh, to yeah. his contract for three years. So I think hers is coming up soon. Yeah, and uh, you know, I as part of me wants to be a, kind of a hater because they're they're doing and 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 they're doing a cinematic match here. 
um, again, calling back to they, they're not going to be anything like WWE and, and here we are. But I, I think it'll be good. But I think also if, if, there's, if there's a major uh, lack in AEW, it's the women's division. And I think this is a good way to, uh, to help push that more. Um, and 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 bring more eyes to the women's division and and make it uh, more exciting and 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 then um, it needs to be on more. the main card. Then it needs it, that's the other thing because once that's you're talking when you're putting a, a what should be a major match women's match on the pre-show you're you're talking divas era yeah. wwe which is yeah. not great and i'm 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 talking late divas era not early D- i'm saying late <laughs> divas era you know late 2000s well, um early 2010s era yeah yeah or maybe even just a little you know uh, fox and and bella twins in their first year or two where the women's you know two Excuse me, two minute matches and so forth. You know whose name has been quiet, and I just thought of this. It would be interesting to see her run in during this match if it's just a cinematic match. Tessa Blanchard's name hasn't been coming up as of late. I pose that question if Tessa would show up at all out. I don't think she would show up if they're going to sign her. I know Tony Khan said he wasn't interested, but things have changed in that division drastically since he said it. I don't think she would show up here. Where I think she would show up, it would be WWE. She, but I mean, but you've got you you got Sheeta taking on Thunder Rosa for the title, and this is where I think she could show up because you're pulling the NWA Women's Champion out of the you know out of obscurity and putting her right into a title match because your division is so lacking. I think, you know, you Sheeta Rosa, winner of that, Tessa comes out and says, I got next. That says a lot. Yeah, Most likely, yes, absolutely. WWE's going to scoop her up for that dream match between Tessa and Charlotte when Charlotte gets back. That would make more sense. But I'd let, just go and behold, I know we're talking AEW, but Impact's women's division is stacked and, and NXT's stacked. right behind it. And yeah. then aid, and then there's, if you're familiar with the movie Moneyball, then there's 50 feet of crap. Then there's the AW women's division, and no yeah. disrespect, <laughs> yeah. no disrespect to any of the women in that division. It's just it does not hold up against a or uh, NXT, WWE, and Impact's women's division. Yeah, example is absolutely. if you took Keegan out of NXT and you put her in AEW, and then there's that definitely gets more improvement she's a world champion yeah instantly but what i she does she does good she puts on really good matches her problem is there's just not a lot of people to put these matches on with where you're not recycling so much like you like nyla rose and Sheeta wasn't a bad match but you can't keep going back to that well i'll even go one step further gotten- with the women's divisions is that if you want to clump it all in whole, WWE's women's divisions across the board and impact are like evened out with just talent. Yeah, It's just ridiculous. If you're going to put your former tag team champions at that point having all the belts, 
this a few weeks ago, going brand to brand to brand and running rickshaw over it. Can you say you see that happening in AEW? Right. Impact maybe. No. AEW no. Which is funny because Tessa Blanchard, Jordan Grace, Madison Rain, and Chelsea Green all read all in and all wrestled. Mercedes Martinez was part of the AEW women's battle royal a few pay-per-views back before she signed in NXT, and they missed out on all five of those ladies, and any two of that combination drastically changes the face of the you know the women's division that they have. Um boy AEW really loves a battle royal. Huh? <laughs> That's their gimmick, man. <laughs> they love the battle royal as much as the WWE likes grudge matches. Sure. <laughs> sure, but grudge matches will never ever get old ever. Uh Man, when the Battle Royal says a grudge match is, is just a good story, a Battle Royal says we have a bunch of people and we have no idea what to do with them, so let's throw them all in a match right now. You're getting off topic, Kyle. Don't get me, don't yeah, get me all fired up. We have a guest in our house. Throwback <laughs> here. He doesn't want to see mommy and daddy fighting. You know what I'm saying? He doesn't want to sit there for that. A real quick thing. That's about, fair. I almost went on quick, another real quick rant. thing about the conference call today. What did you guys think of Tony Khan saying that um, the idea of doing movie theater, drive-in theater uh, projection pay-per-view? I think he was talking about that. He was talking about about how they're thinking about doing televised shows through drive-throughs for their pay-per-views and. That kind of sounds counterintuitive to the Thunderdome. So what did you guys think of that? Well, hmm. pretty simple. He said it right there. He can't do the Thunderdome or people are going to be like, oh, there's AEW. It'd be Kyle. Kyle be like, there's AEW stealing WWE's uh, gimmick there. So he's got to do something. I mean, as long as people aren't honking their horns like crazy people in the middle of a match, I guess a drive up, drive through like movie theater style thing isn't terrible i mean right now with everything that's going on in the world you have to come up with something different we're not going to see the I conventional think... way but they're starting to trickle fans back in AEW is running at like 15 percent capacity right now yeah that's right i think we you know i wouldn't hate uh and and i only say this because we're seeing other sports leagues do similar things to wwe um i wouldn't hate a, a a screen of fans of some sort, but that element has to be worked back in. And, and I don't know if you plug the audio in from drive throughs you know, if you have cameras, maybe add a few dr drive throughs um, to pan over to, so you can kind of have that element. Um, I don't know if I would want to go. That's tough. I'm, I'm trying to put myself in that situation and, and think if I want to drive from us, the nearest drive in is about 45 minutes away or, or so, give or take. Um, around where you know, do I want to drive all the way there? Yeah, that's a tough one. I mean, it could be a cool experience, uh, but it would still have to be interactive or else I don't really get the point. It, it has to be interactive to the, the, the feed of the 
of the pay-per-view itself. Have I you think, ever still. heard of a place called the Kowloon? Like wrestling stories about the Kowloon. It's hmm. a restaurant out here around the Boston area that a lot of the wrestlers go to. A lot. Um, it's in Saugus. And they just literally turned um, their whole parking area into a drive-in theater. So, but the Calhoun is legendary because wrestlers would literally go there and would drink for free and stuff like that because the owner's a huge wrestling fan and stuff. But they just turned oh. that into a movie, a drive-in theater complex. And, you know, it's it's tough because a lot of these businesses that are, you know, like some of these malls and stuff, a lot of those major stores are going out of business now because nobody wants to go in the malls. They're too scared. Yeah. But how are they yeah. going to count the revenue when they do the purchases? I mean, look at the Metallica. Metallica is doing concerts do, during that whole this whole process. And they're charging $150 for the tickets. It's like how, per car. So what are you going to do? Cram 10 people into right. a car so they could watch a four-hour concert? Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Let's go. Let's cram it up. <laughs> yeah, I uh, I actually went, and this is, this is a, just a bit off topic, but really quickly. Um, I went and saw Burt Kreischer. Uh, and spent around a hundred bucks for for two of us in a car, and it was definitely worth it. But part of the reason why it was worth it is because that experience was just for us. Um, whereas you know, paying what would probably still be a lot of money to go watch a an AEW pay per view, I would imagine. Um, whereas I can just sit at home and and get that pay-per-view i don't know that's it that's tough that's a tough one so what's the next match on the docket guys <laughs> <laughs> i was just uh i was just sitting back listening to you two talk about driving theaters man um <laughs> so the next match was uh sheeta rosa i kind of tied that all in so we don't really have to go back through that who you guys got winning Rosa. That would, yeah, I, I want to see that upset happen. I think it'd be awesome. Absolutely, I think you do that. Absolutely. Um, the Young Bucks and Jurassic Express were announced as they fought with, you know, with each other on Dynamite for the winners to face each other. They were part of that eight-man tag, and we're just going to have a throwaway Jurassic Express Young Bucks match, which was a weird decision, I thought. Yeah. It is weird. It, it's <laughs> no be story. Anything. But since yeah, it'll be but since it's the Young Bucks, they'll be on the main card, even with no build. But your cinematic Doctor Tooth Polar match is going to be. On... It's going to be Bucks because if they're going to flip it over for um, double or nothing for FTR versus them, and if FTR has the titles, which I already am picking because I'm. I'm really high when they were even, you know, in WWE. I was really high on them. Um, yeah, absolutely. It, it would be the smart idea because at double or nothing, you can go for, go for both of them going after it. What? So let's just talk about that now. Kenny Omega, Adam Page versus FTR. You're taking FTR. I'm taking FTR. I thought the I thought Omega and Page should have lost the belts a few months back. 
and started their storyline up, but I've liked the way it's built over the last few weeks. Kyle, yeah. Yeah. who you got? I, I, I also think FTR here, uh, you know, I think if, if, if they don't win here, I think you jeopardize the already you legit, you jeopardize the legitimacy, maybe not the legitimacy, but the excitement of those tag team titles that were supposed to be, um, you know, not the main, not like the AEW title, uh, but, but not too far behind. They wanted to put an emphasis on tag teams, which they have, but if you're not putting a huge emphasis on your, on your tag team championship, uh, what are you doing? So, so, what better way to do that than put it on one of the best technical tag teams in the history of, of wrestling, um, maybe at the end of their career. So, and it's, and right now your champ, your tag championship belts are, are running a little stale. Uh, so it's time to put some flavor back into that championship and, and slap it on. The thing about it though, is really, this is setting up, you know, like I said, I watched this from afar. I don't watch it from like, like everybody's like, you have to be hooked on it is that just by FTR's work ethic and stuff and from knowing what I know about Paige and you know Omega it's like the the way you could actually make this go is make this the main event and if you're really serious about tag team matches and putting FTR with the belts it's going to set up you know your pay-per-view dream tag match everybody else now it would be different if Jimmy and Jay were free agents and they went to AEW, you know, Bucks and Usos. I mean, that's literally million dollar right there. Yeah, that's your dream match. But I I see where you're going. Ultimately, you want to get to Bucks, not only versus FTR, but I think you you finally need to get at some point the elite. And I, I, I give them a lot of respect for coming into this, this, well, company, and not um, automatically putting titles on the, on themselves. Let's be honest, they kind of um, did. But eventually, sure, yeah, I mean, sure, but but that's you know that's fair. But as far as the elite go, and that still took a while. That still took a while for Cody to get that. But um, you know, with the young bucks, especially out of that entire group, maybe other than Kenny Omega, you're talking about uh, two wrestlers that will go down most likely as the top one of the top three greatest tag teams of all time and it's been a year and they haven't they've barely sniffed a title shot let alone having titles around their waist so it's probably about time for that and what better match do you want to see other than ftr versus and here's how you do it hear me out i'm just thinking about this as i'm looking at this Page cost the Bucks this title shot two weeks ago at the Gauntlet match. You have the Bucks come out and cost Kenny and Adam Page the titles. Eye for an eye. You'll never see it coming. Whatever cliche you want to use. <laughs> They've kicked Page out of the elite already. Yeah. Kenny and him are kind of beefing. Then you have the Bucks. As soon as FTR wins those titles, go. We got next. We don't care about the rankings. 
however you want to do this. And then you've already got, you got Omega and Page, FTR and the Bucks at your next pay-per-view in November. That's two main events right there. And you can build that up because they only do four pay-per-views a year. So you can build that up to just boiling hot for the next couple months. And it, it's, it writes itself if you're asking me. Absolutely. And I think uh, on the same exact token as the Young Bucks, and maybe even more so, who would have thought that Kenny Omega coming to coming back to the United States and and coming on to a company that was going to go neck and neck with WWE at times uh, and be on national television and, and have the exposure that it does. And Kenny Omega, who's, who has been said to be the greatest wrestler on the planet. And again, we don't really get too much Kenny Omega, uh, let alone huge moments and let alone huge title matches. So, uh, I think it's also time that we see more from Kenny Omega. I mean, oh, it's coming. I, it better has to. It better. It better be. Well, I mean, at least you know we'll see what happens uh, when it comes to Saturday. Though that's the most important thing. Absolutely. Absolutely. So next up, we've got the Dark Order. Versus Matt Cardona, a.k.a. Zack Ryder, Scorpio Sky, and the Natural Nightmares. Again, in a match that seems to have just kind of been thrown together. Only because Brody Lee and his buddies beat up the Nightmare family. So they just pulled in Zack Ryder and Scorpio Sky to help out. I, I want, oddly it's enough, I want Scorpio Sky and Matt Cardona to win. That, and it's more so because of, obviously, the stuff I've seen in WWE. But that interview that Sean Ross Sapp from Fightful did, oh my god, that was awesome. I haven't listened to that one yet. It's uh, it's on my to-do list for this weekend, though. Yeah, it, it's amazing. It, and the, a lot of the conversations about, you know, his collection and the difference between AEW and WWE was great. It was a great interview, but I still, I'm always going to pull for this dude, no matter what. And if Cardona loses, um, I mean, you're just, you're seeing already a similar path to, what he was on and that people gave him gave creative at WWE so much, so much of a hard time for, which is just, uh, you know, he's, he's a jobber uh, or a glorified jobber. And, and at times has really great storylines and has done really great things, but maybe some of these people that, that get such a hard rep in WWE and, and, you know, get kind of thrown by the wayside is because they're not, uh, they're you know they're not meant to be WWE champion once a year. Um, and I I I love Zack Ryder and I love what he's a great character and a great personality, a very good person. But maybe he's not supposed. Maybe this is what he's his his role his niche is supposed to be in wrestling. 
he's going to win. They're going to win. Mm-hmm. I have a feeling. Because Cardona, my favorite line of the whole like build up to this was, I don't even work here, bro. Because <laughs> they're playing up the whole he hasn't signed thing. And I don't know if he officially has signed or not. I, I'm not 100% sure on that throwback. Do you know if he's signed? Um, according to that interview, I think it's a base to base basis. It's I, I'd have to okay. re listen to it. But like I said, that was a really good interview that Sean did. And I every time I get a chance to go listen to any of the stuff that. Fightful puts out, I get a chance, and or if it's premiered on there, I go listen to it. Yeah, it is. Uh, it is interesting what they do with their contracts because uh, somebody like uh, Janella, you know, you'll see still see him post, and he still wrestles ma- matches elsewhere, and and will show up here and there, and it's a really cool surprise to see um, people in his. Uh, position when they just when they show up randomly i do like that he said he had to Um, janela said it just he wasn't sure if he could so he just went and asked and they were like yeah go right ahead you know some of the contracts are exclusive like i don't think you know you'll see some of them doing other things but a lot of them have that impact style contract where it's like yeah you can do certain indies just don't you know you can't go to wwe or impact or anything like that um, right. Let's right. move on. Moving along here. Yes. Matt Hardy versus Sammy Guevara in a broken rules match. And I got again, I got to be honest with you as somebody that watches AEW weekly. I'm not sure what the broken rules match even means. Is that just means it's a no holds barred deal and they're just renaming it? <laughs> I wouldn't be surprised if it ends up at the, the Hardy compound. <laughs> <laughs> Jeff Hardy's just sitting on the couch eating cereal going, what are you doing, bro? Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> it's it's cool. I like what the two of them are doing. Um, I could see Sammy getting the win here. You know, again, Matt is in that position where he's probably ready to start putting people over. Matt said he would leave uh, AEW if he lost. I forgot to throw that caveat in there. Yeah, then they're not going to. Oh, that I did then not. They're not going to. They're going to let. Guevara lose because they want to keep Hardy on television. That's the right way. To right. Do. Yeah, that makes. I yeah, I did not see that, so I apologize. So I mean, it just makes sense for for Hardy to win. It uh, for me, it could go either way, but uh, I do like seeing those two together. Um, they've done some really fun stuff. The gimmick match doesn't make any sense. Because uh, only it doesn't make any sense because nobody knows what it is. I mean, why? I just I don't understand the the fancy names for for all of these. Why can't you you know? Maybe maybe it's because WWE has you know an extreme rules match. I'm guessing I'm guessing that's copywritten. Um, just did another you know no holds bar uh, somehow, or you know a, a hardcore match. I mean, it's a broken rules. That's it's just a little silly and it's very vague. It doesn't tell us what it is. That's that's the big thing. You know, this is wrestling is all about marketing. Uh, that doesn't tell us what it is. And as silly as some of the matches in WWE have been, one thing they're very good at is their marketing. A, a swamp fight. You, It sounds silly, but you know exactly what it is. A broken rules match. It's going to be good, but I don't know what it is. 
<laughs> You're gonna tune in anyway. So we're all. I'm gonna tune. In. We're all in agreement here. I Matt Hardy's getting that win. Yeah. Yes, absolutely. Okay. I'm just here. saying, if I tune next next week and they say AEW where the big boys play, I won't be surprised. They should. <laughs> I want them to say that. <laughs> hey yo. Hey yo. We already touched on you know who I am. And I think we all agreed Jericho, Orange Cassidy, Mimosa match. We all picked Cassidy earlier, correct? Yeah. Correct. So so we'll just we'll go on to the big one because we've talked about everything. You got John Moxley. I wish I could say it like Justin Roberts, dude. He does it so well. Versus MJF for the AEW World Championship. I'm torn here, fellas. I'm torn. So I'm going to let you two take it. Who you got? Mox. Simple. One I, word. Love it. it. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And I I would I I want Mox. I, I want Moxley to get this. I want him to just have a you know the first uh by the way, the paradigm shift the DDT, right? The double arm DDT, right? Yeah. You yep. know what? I was thinking that he yep. could always bring back. Remember how he the finisher he had in when he was in the shield, the beginning of it, where the guy, it's kind of like, uh, uh, what is it? Is it a re- like a reverse? It's DDT. Yeah, it's almost like how he did, like, Ziggler does the zigzag from the guy from behind, but it literally just jumps up yeah. and just plants him into a DDT. I could see him just turning around and using that again. <laughs> Against the in this match just to end the match and be like, hey, look, you guys thought this was gone. Look, I pulled this out of my hat trick. Sure, um, but I, I mean, yeah, I, I would like to see Moxley go on just a major long uh, Adam Cole, CM Punk kind of run with that title. Um, but I could see MJF. You know, this has been a long program that they've been going back as as far as. AEW goes. It's it's a pretty long program they've been running with those two, uh, and you're 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 pushing MJF as your really your main heel, uh, and that, your future uh, on a yeah, and your future, and and a guy who's most he is absolutely the most Ric Flair slash short haired Chris Jericho we've ever seen. Um, and that by far the AEW has, and as far as a just truly hated heel, uh, that's that's MJF, and that's that's real. Let's just heat be honest. Give him a getting. big compliment. He's a rock in the early '90s, early 2000, early to mid '90s, where he's like the babyface originally, that's... and then all of a sudden he turns to switch like Rock did with the Nation of Domination. Yeah, yeah, I can absolutely, but he has that kind of. Uh, that that snaily, that kind of ratty, you know, with the with the the neck brace and uh, the the cheap stuff like that. So, and and I'm telling you, there's nothing cockier. And I've been on this campaign now for a while, and I'll do it. I'll do it myself because I think it's very funny. You put a piece of gum in a guy's mouth, and he instantly becomes an incredible heel. Uh, so I'm gonna. Say that MG. I mean, really think about it. Go, go back and look. Look at Ziggler when he's chewing gum. Look at Shawn Michaels when he's chewing gum. 
you just look like a like just a fucking asshole. You are an asshole. So the way this is being built, it's it's a long program. It it would kind of shoot MJF uh down a little bit, but I I would like Moxley to win this. But I'm gonna go ahead and say MJF. <laughs> So I get to split the vote, huh? If you want to laugh, this is like an anime convention right now talking about the, this match. Because it's like Goku versus Frieza. Yeah. You know, all these animated Japanese kind of thing. <laughs> it's always the like, the guy who's like the short guy that literally thinks he's the pit bull bully. And it's the guy who's a little bit taller, beats the crap out of him and realizes, hey, you know, I'm the hero. <laughs> Well, and it's also yeah. ESPN. You know, we've agreed on a lot but, tonight, but we need a good ESPN angle here, where where we're we're taking opposite picks, and we need, you know, this is around the horn. We need John. We need you to split the vote. Oh here. hell, let's be honest, Kyle. You just want Vegeta to win for once. Be like a Dragon Ball fan. You just want Vegeta just to win once against Goku. But when you realize it, one yeah, and when you sit there and you realize and look at the match while they're fighting, you're like, ah, oh, crap, Goku's going to win. Yeah, I mean, <laughs> to throw back, ever, you know, throw back to name Goku loses one. It's it's easy for MJF to be the biggest pit bull or the biggest talker in the yard when you've got Wardlow just that meek asshole right behind him. Oh, he's sure. He's not, you're making me you now see it more further. It's Shawn Michaels and Diesel in the nineties, the, yeah. the beginning of the nineties. It's exactly it. That's exactly what it's Ziggler. It's Ziggler and Big E. Yeah. Oh, I'll yeah. even go one further because he's not this probably the same height as Wardlow is. It's Ziggler and your WWE World Wrestling Champion. I was going to say, yeah. You've got, it's Drew. It's it's literally Ziggler and Drew. Yeah. Yep. Yep. Absolutely. So my heart says MJF because I love what he's doing. And I'm I'm always a proponent of if you're going to push a guy to the spot, sometimes you have to let him get him over. But my head says Moxley because I think, and I think a lot will be said about what happens at Casino Battle Royal, right? Because mm-hmm. you have to pick the type of opponent, you know, for MJF or for Moxley, right? You're going to need a really big son of a bitch for Moxley, I think. MJF has been known to have killer matches with like Jungle Boy, right? I don't know what kind of match him and Mox are going to have. We'll find out on Sunday. If I was going to put my house on it, my kids on it, I'd say Moxley. If MJF wins, would I be surprised? Not at all. And I'd probably be stoked stoked for it. Because I think he can do a lot with the face. And I think Moxley right now has that contract where he's got to defend the IWGP, you know, United States Championship against Kenta coming up pretty soon. So there might be a program for him over there or over here. He might need to take some time away from AEW to fulfill those obligations. Yeah. And I don't like to look at it like that when I'm trying to strictly stay in that kayfabe lane and just put up thinking – it's either this pay-per-view or next box is going to take some time off and do that new Japan stuff because they're trying to get their footing in America too. 
and Kenta just won the Super Juniors Cup, if that's correct. I don't know. Uh-huh. So it's got it's got it's gonna be Moxley, sadly. Because <laughs> we can't have all the titles change it all out, can we? Because we predicted that that's the other fair. two were gonna change. Yeah, no, it's gonna be Moxley. Yeah, that's fair. Yeah. So that is all the all-out predictions. I think it's going to be a great show. And as we get a little long on time, before we get out of here, I didn't do this yet. I kept this one in my back pocket, and I didn't tell Kyle about it or Throwback. But you've heard Throwback tonight talk a little bit, being from the Boston area. We're Indiana boys to the point where Kyle is a Colts fan. (laughs) <laughs> and throwback uh, well, is a Patriot me, fan. And we've already had the Brady Manning discussion on this podcast before. Let me be clear. I'm a I'm a Peyton Manning fan. Right now, my my allegiance is I'm kind of a free agent. I still enjoy watching the Colts. I'm kind of a free agent, but uh-oh. but uh first and foremost, I'm a I'm a Peyton fan. So here's a good thing, right? So, you know, obviously everybody knows who SRS is. Yep. Yeah. Obviously, you know about mm-hmm. bets and stuff that I've lost. Yeah, that's kind of obvious. Um, <laughs> but I'll just say this, is that as much as I'm a Patriots fan and I born and bred it, I'm also a Falcons fan, too. Interesting. Oh, nice. and, that is interesting. And the, that must have been a tough Super Bowl. I know, yeah. Yeah, what was that like? Uh, I was joking <laughs> around with a couple of buddies. Maybe I should buy a shirt and uh, two jerseys and sew them in the middle. But um, Yeah, yeah. But the reason being is, like, Matt Ryan went to Boston College. So, like, if you watch the show sometimes, I'll have a Boston College Matt Ryan shirt on and stuff like sure. that. Oh, I know. I've told I've told you to take that off. Go Irish. Yeah. Yeah. I was just going to say you're, we're, we're in Irish country here. Pretty, pretty, uh, pretty major. So, but I come from a big Irish Catholic family. So, uh, you know, Boston college is, I I don't hate Boston college, but when the Irish play Boston college, uh, it gets pretty loud here. It still stings on the Doug Flutie tip. Doesn't it after years? Oh, it still stings oh, that they oh. have done all our games. Well, better yet, Kyle. How does yeah. it feel to have that Ty Law freaking interception all over again? Because guess what? That's oh, what I'm wearing God. right now. I'm wearing a Ty Law jersey. <laughs> We've had some uh, – John and I both you'll, – you'll love this. John and I both, um, you know, just before we wrap it up here, are, are big-time Irish fans and even bigger Cubs fans. Oh, that's interesting. Uh, which you can feel – it is interesting. You can feel a little bit of that pain, but your glory came way sooner than ours did. Yeah, now we have uh, four We titles. had way more heartbreak. Yeah, the, yeah, yeah, which is – the interesting I always say the, part, the socks are my – The interesting part is, is that with my family and have grown up in this area for a long, long time, uh, my family goes back in generations and around here um, – you know, my great grandparents were born. I live in the city of Lowell. They were born in Lowell. My mom was born outside of Boston. You know, my dad was lived uh, born in outside of Boston. So it's like my family overall is born and raised with all this stuff. So if they've gone through the hardships like the Cubs have, 
I mean, they've gone through with Foxborough being literally 20 people in a, what is it, 20,000 person stadium at one point just mm-hmm. for football. I mean, so like when 2001 hit and everything changed from then to now, it's a- what happened in 2001 that changed the fortune of the Patriots. Yeah, I know they won the Super Bowl. Kyle, the goat, <laughs> the goat, the goat was drafted. Kyle, yes, well, no. yeah, Brady was drafted in 2000. The goat was drafted. Brady was drafted. Yeah, in the goat 2000. was drafted before that. I think. Oh, when was Manning drafted? If we're talking about the goat, <laughs> but um, yeah, I think that was ninety eight. Since 2001 to now, we have the city of Boston has won 18 championships. Jeez, good lord. <laughs> You gotta think yeah, that's no. just six Patriot no, titles, Blair, four Red Sox. You the Bruins. Uh, I'm a major hockey fan. Yeah, the, the Bruins had a, a couple of really great teams. Yeah, we've won like twelve or eighteen total so far, and that doesn't count the NCAA ch- titles for hockey and stuff. I mean, right? Yeah, Boston College is a great hockey BU team as well. Too. Actually, UMass yeah. Lowell is now become is an up and coming area too. I saw that. Yeah, big time they are. Yeah, they're literally down the street. Uh, I'm also a you know if since we're on the topic of Boston to wrap up here, I uh, I'm also love hardcore music. So uh, there's not many places to get better hardcore music than Boston. And I might get beat up for this, but I think the Boston hardcore scene. Uh, eclipses the New York hardcore scene, and I, I can surely get an ass whooping for that from people. But, but Boston hardcore to me is incredible. It's interesting too because a, a lot of famous people come from out here, and I implore people to look at Chaotic Wrestling because the matches they have are amazing. Especially look up a name called Mercedes KV. She's in WWE right now under a different name. Hmm. Can you guess? I've never heard of that. Also, look, heard of also look up the name uh, John Cena. Yeah. Also, comes no, from, but I mean, like uh, a lot of people don't know this person wrestling underneath her first name, that her real first name, though. Oh, okay. It, Interesting. It's boss time. Would that be? I was gonna say it's Sasha Banks because I think she's from Boston. I think I remember she's actually that. from Cambridge. Kofi actually oh. has family in. I think Sasha uh, Mercedes KV. That's her first, her real first name is Mercedes, but um, her family I think still lives in the area. But I know that from people who've circulate who've talked about it that his fam- Kofi's family still lives in the area too. And when they come in Boston, they like they all hang out and stuff. But Boston is literally a hotbed hell. You have the head, one of the heads of WWE that lived in New, Nashua, New Hampshire as a kid, which is literally 15 minutes away from Lowell, less than that, maybe 10, and grew up uh-huh. there. And now he is, you know, the game Triple H. It's time to play the game. And his fam, his parents still live up in that area, supposedly. But um, there's so many 
and it, this this place has been a hotbed and it still continues to be a hotbed i wouldn't be surprised if you see more people from the pc that came from around here absolutely absolutely well as we get close on time guys any other things you want to add in the wrestling world before we call it a day? Well, one thing uh, I like to ask of all of our guests, it's a pretty simple question. Uh, next time we talk, maybe we can do one of our drafts or, or uh, uh, you know, favorites of this or that. But, but I think most importantly, your favorite rest, your top three favorite wrestlers of all time. Mm. Well, I got a question. When were you guys started to become wrestling fans? Uh, Our whole lives. Early, early, yeah, pretty much forever. Early to mid nineties for me. Pretty much when I when I can remember, start remember having memories, uh, is, is when I started. But 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 really getting into it was was probably ninety three, ninety four, ninety five for me. Right in there. For me, it was um, Saturday night main event. I was four. Oh, wow. Yeah. yeah. I'll be 40 mm-hmm. next year. My cousins got me into it. So when you're telling me all time, it's like, okay, so now I have to remember back that far. Uh, for me, mainly, if you want to go era by era, 80s. I'm going to put Brett as, because Brett was on a roll at that point before he ended up getting into the nineties. So Brett was there in eighties. I've actually seen him lie to yeah. the old Boston garden. Whoa. Yeah. Wow. Um, my mom, that was my first house show. My mom took me, my uncles didn't kept, she kept wanting to take me cause I asked for it for a birthday gift. And my uncle said, yeah, 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 we'll take them. And they never did. And my mom stepped up. It's not a day I miss my mom. Um, the 90s would be Austin. Sure. 2000, Can't go wrong there. 2000s, it would be um, Edge. And I think oh, this generation, this generation now, um, in this, in the 11s, you know, 2010, 2020. I mean, everybody will pick Cena, but I, who, I know everybody will pick Orton. I'm trying to think outside of the box because I like, had a few that are outside of the box. I mean, for me, the women's side of everything, it was Paige. Mm. Absolutely. So, I mean. Paige changed the game for a lot of divas, man. That's a good pick. And yeah. now, beginning of this era, it's Drew, and that's how the ways. And everybody's like, "Wow, look at the huge paradigm shift." Um, but you know, it all changes. So, yeah, I mean, if you Absolutely. had to ask me favorite Boston-based ones, now that would be even more difficult. But I mean, obviously, three names come to mind. Two of them we've already talked about. But I think the number one out of this area, other than it would be the man that who trained him would be killer Kowalski. Mm. Cena was trained by Kowalski. Hunter was trained by Kowalski. A lot of people don't know that Sasha was trained by Kowalski for a while. Kofi was chaotic wrestling has their own trainers, but a lot of those trainers were trained by Kowalski. Wow. So, I mean, that's awesome. 
it those would be the ones there um music wise we'll just go through the whole thing of boston paradigm shift why not um aerosmith stained and um Chevelle. I think hmm. Chevelle was one of them. Nice. But, no, I had actually, no idea that actually Boston. drop kicks. Definitely oh, yeah. Drop kicks. Uh, yes. Boss tones, of course. Yeah. Um, there's so many. So many. Yeah. Have heart. Yeah. Have heart for me is, is probably the top Boston band for me. I mean, for me, it was more so growing up, it was stained. In my late teens, early twenties, mm. you know, seeing stained, uh, Kid Rock and Limp Biscuit was a highlight. That sounds like an interesting show. The only, <laughs> yeah. I, worked there I was a big Limp guy. I'll never. I mean, I'll admit it now. I guess, but I was so into Limp Biscuit when I was younger. I've actually, we all I've actually we was um, working the, that show. And the entire arena, because they just built that in 98, the whole place was shifting up and down, bouncing. And you could feel the concrete underneath your feet just fluctuating underneath it with how many people were bouncing up and down. Wow. Well, on that note, throwback, my man. Plug your stuff. Plug away. We're called The Plug. You got a lot of stuff going on. You got a lot of stuff in the works. Tell people where they can find you, where they can listen to you. Before we get out of here today. No problem. YouTube.com forward slash throwback27. Uh, do the show every Tuesday at 8 o'clock. Uh, we're doing actually doing a show with Tim and Joel in the ring. Doing a watch along with them on Tuesday for Super NXT. Um, but also got some really good stuff coming online. I've got Rob Wilkins doing a, what we call match re- memories. It's a kind of like a retro review where it's more personal, make it a little bit more personal than your average retro review. Um, I've got another person wanting to do it. Anakin JMT wants to do one. And then um, on November 19th, you're going to get me choked up here. Um, I am releasing a personal match memory for the birthday, the 69th birthday of my late mother. And it's going to be very personal. There's going to be a lot of personal stories in that. I've got Rob Wilkins hosting it for me because obviously I can't, I can't do it. Um, but Understandable. Mm-hmm. I have a huge guest coming on. I, you guys want me to tell you? Oh, please. Are All you right. dropping exclusive news here? We're down. At the end of the month, I have Fightful's own Sean Ross Sapp joining me on my show. Oh, that's big. Wow. Yeah. Um, wow. I, I'm surprised you found time for us. <laughs> Sean, is, uh, I've been very grateful for Sean because any questions I have about doing my show or anything like that, he's been very helpful. And I, every time I get a chance to talk to him, it's just, you know, a blessing. Um, he's a good this, person. So. Yeah, he's. It's a he. They do a good thing over there at Fightful. That's uh, one of my appointment uh, listens throughout the week for me. That's how I stumbled across uh, you know you throwback. Started following you on Twitter. We've exchanged some things here and there. You're an awesome dude. You put out really great content. I 
suggest everybody when you're done listening to us, go listen to Throwback. Go listen to the guys at Fightful. Absolutely. You could, um, yeah, you could also find me at Throwback nine seven eight on Twitter. The other thing, also, are the match memories too. One is with Sean Rossap with talking about nineteen ninety nine Spring Stampede, and the other one is with Mister Warren Hayes, who is on just finished a show a while back today. We yeah, about, he, uh... I was going to say we talked about the second and third match of AJ Styles versus Cena at SummerSlam. Nice. And uh, nice. Those are Spring Stampede's a good one. Yeah, yeah, it was. It was and interesting. It's so is Warren Hayes. If you get a chance to listen to him, he's one of my favorites as well. Um, we appreciate you coming on, throwback. Yes, thank you. Taking time you. out of your busy schedule for us. No problem. Um, all outs this weekend, <clears throat> as always, with everybody. Check us out on Facebook, <clears throat> excuse me, Facebook, Instagram, Twitter at Wrestling Plug Inc. on all three platforms. Hashtag Keith for Impact. Had to get that in at the end of the show. <laughs> you almost for seven did. Up. You almost, almost did. You know I knew it was coming. <laughs> you know I at the end of the show here. So, again, thank you, Kyle, for coming out. Thank you. Thank you back for being here. No problem. Until next time, we'll see you later. Peace.